are the content rebels. We've got zero time for busy work that masquerades as marketing, and we're done with losing the impact of our big message just to satisfy some SEO or social media algorithm rules. This is a show about marketing for established soloish entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships with clients online. Join me each week as we make your content work for you. Hey, hey, friends. Oh, this episode has been a long time coming. We're going to talk about what I learned about content from enduring bad podcast pitches. Yes, my long-held rants that I've mostly so far only held to Instagram stories is finally coming to the podcast. I have promised people this episode for quite some time, and it is happening. And the reason it's happening right now is because I think I hit some sort of list and I'm getting three to four bad podcast pitches a day now instead of just one to four a week. And uh, I'm over it. So I've also been parsing through these. I've been paying attention. There are things we can learn. And that's why I finally brought it to the podcast instead of just, you know, quick little Instagram stories, because we can learn from this. I've learned from it. And I want to share those learning gems with you so that you can create better content as a result. And also maybe, you know, not contribute to the bad pitches out there. All right. But we're going to start with an intro story. And before we even start with the intro story, I have a little confession to make. This is the second time I've recorded this because I had horrible audio on the first one. I went to pull some short form clips for social media and realized I was basically echo chambering at you guys. And I don't want to be the echo chamber. I want you guys to enjoy great audio quality as you engage with this not so ranty, definitely lessony, you know, pitch situation here. But I want to make sure it's an enjoyable experience for us all. So we're going to start with an intro story about marketing ploys we all see through. Some of them are really like base level, right? You're watching a TV show and uh, you notice that there's a ton of cars. They're all Fords and they're heavily displaying the logo. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Ford must have sponsored this TV show, right? We, we see through those, you know, that subliminal marketing messaging, right? That's a base level thing. And, and we all deal with that on a regular basis, at least weekly, if not daily. But this is one that just happened to me recently. It's not even a podcast pitch. It's this company that I have been receiving so many emails from. They're called Domestica, and they're a course company that I bought a few like easy drawing and painting tutorials from as part of my son's whole homeschooling experience. Yes, fine arts, we still do that. Right? I went to go unsubscribe because honestly, they just send me too many emails. The emails are rarely actually targeted to me. Like They send me emails for courses in foreign languages that I'm never going to buy. My son doesn't speak foreign languages yet. And they send me courses in topics and I just have no interest in. So I was going to go unsubscribe from them. And they made me freaking log in and click through two screens to even try to unsubscribe. So I went from, I'm just kind of annoyed because you send me too many emails and I'll probably still purchase from you anyway, to, holy crud, you're never getting another dollar from me. I can't stand this. It's it's so obvious. I mean, it's 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 almost as bad as having to actually talk to a New York Times rep to stop your subscription, right? We all get it. You're trying to sell us more. It is so very transactional. So very one-sided and there's no win-win where we both walk away feeling good here. It's all about them. And that, my friends, that is the tie-in for bad podcast pitches because podcast pitches, you know, at least the bad ones, which unfortunately is like 95, maybe 98% of them, they're all about themselves. 
and I've not hidden how much I hate podcast pitches. I receive a ton of them and they do upset me in an unnatural amount. I probably should cover this in therapy at some point, but I've only thus far eviscerated certain ones on Instagram stories because they were just rants. We are now at the level where I've actually learned how to make better content from these bad pitches. And we're going to share that here. So it's time for it to be on the show. There are two big things wrong with the majority of bad podcast pitches. Number one, it's all about them, not how they can help me or my audience. And two, they ask me to do more work than them. So I'm going to start with number two. One of the biggest things I can't understand why they're doing it this way. I can't deal with it really is when they start the pitch, it's all about them. We'll cover that later, but they say, here's what I want to talk about. And here are five other topics I could talk about. Go ahead and look at this attached one sheet or PDF so you can decide which topic I will come onto your show with. No, no, no. Do not make me work harder to do the job that you should have done already. It is your job when you're pitching me. It is your job to research my podcast and figure out where the gap is and how you can fill it. I think, I 100% believe, there is a responsibility you have if you want to go on somebody else's owned media property. And that is, you got to do the legwork. You don't go and submit to speak at a major conference without doing the research on what the conference is about and how you can actually benefit the attendees. No, you do that research before you put your talk together, right? Same thing with podcasts. Smaller scale? Sure. Do you have to do the same level of research? No, not so much. But you should know what that host has covered in the last three to six months and whether you have an actual gap you can fill so their audience can have a more well-rounded experience on the podcast. That is your job as someone who is pitching. In addition to that, by the way, I really can't stand when people send me five different topics and they want me to pick from them because all that tells me is that they have a talk track. They aren't going to deviate from the subject. They're not going to go into nuanced, thoughtful discussions. They talk about this topic. They cover what they want to cover. It's about their business. And I don't want to be one of 20 podcasts out there that has the exact same topic by the exact same guest. There's nothing special in that. That doesn't keep people listening to this show. I aim to produce a unique, well-rounded content uh, field of information here. And I can't do that if I'm just picking from five talks someone's already given. So that's thing number two is actually, you know, thing number two, it's asking me to do more work than them. Thing number one was that it's all about them, not how they can help me and not how they can help my audience, my dear listeners, right? So for that, we have to remember one really big thing. I'm not interested in the bio of the person pitching until I've figured out whether they can actually help me. This is how all of us are, by the way. When you go and look at a group photo of 20 people, your eyes go naturally to your face first. We are naturally self-centered. This is how humanity has survived, right? So we have to keep that in mind, not just when we're pitching on podcasts, but yes, now right here is where we're going to loop it back into how you can create better content after listening to this episode. Every time we ask people to give some of their time by ingesting our content. Let me say that another way. Uh, when we put content out there, we are asking our audience to give their time to us. Time. Yes, their most precious resource. We are asking them to give time to us. So if we're putting content out there, we have to be mindful of that. And we have to absolutely make sure we are not asking too much of them. 
here's an example, right? So I'm not going to name names here because this particular story is about someone I actually really do respect. Um, but somebody put out on LinkedIn a couple days ago or whatever, a, a good hook. I was intrigued. It was something along the lines of there are three things you need to blank. So I clicked on it, right? And it went to that person's podcast show notes page where it told me nothing other than the LinkedIn posted, which is here are the three things you must know about X. Uh, now, I know why they did this, right? It's supposed to create curiosity. My guess is they have someone doing content on their staff who's not actually a good content person and they're not doing it well, uh, but they're trying to make me invest more of my time into listening to this particular podcast episode. And here's the problem. My issue is that when I'm scrolling on LinkedIn, I am not in podcast listening mode. My scrolling LinkedIn time is usually hanging on, out on the couch with one of my kids in the morning before I'm working. And my podcast listening time is either in my car or while I'm you know, taking a walk. They are two entirely separate activities for me, as they are for most people, by the way. So this piece of content was asking me to completely change my day around to engage with their content. And because when I clicked on the podcast show notes, the show notes themselves didn't give me any more of an inkling of what I was going to find out in the episode, I can't even remember what the topic was about at all now. Just a few days ago, I've already completely forgotten about it. It originally sounded intriguing. Remember that. So this is a case of the content serving the business, but not the audience. That content assumed that it could manipulate me, even cajole me into doing exactly what they want, rather than something that would have actually served or, or helped me. Now, there are ways to use your content, and, and yes, in this case, your show notes page, to invoke curiosity, even if somebody can't listen right now. I do this quite often. In this case, they could have said, these are the three things, and go ahead and listen into them for more details on each of them. If it was an email or a LinkedIn post directing me to the show notes, they could have said, there are three things you have to know about X. The first, my favorite, is this. Click to find out the other two. I've now taken action, some commitment, engaged, got to the show note page, saw what all three were, and decide at that point, because I am a capable human being, you should treat your people as capable human beings, it should have told them at this point, you get to decide. You're a smart and capable person. You get to decide whether these three things are relevant to you and your situation and your business and decide where you're going to continue to listen. That's how you use curiosity and also serve your audience at the same time. That would have given me, you know, the reader in this case, enough information to actually remember the topic and go to my podcast player and download it for later when I would have been engaging in listening content. And that right there would have given me the option to engage in the content, even though I couldn't embark on the CTA right at that moment, I could have made sure I still did later. Instead, I don't remember what the topic is. I won't be listening to the podcast episode. And even though I respect this person, they lost a little bit of trust in my eyes because they're using random acts of content and trying to hook and like cajole people into doing what they want, right? I now naturally associate that thing with this person's name. And that's sad. They do good work. So if I now know they're not willing to put a lot of effort into their content, do I think they put a whole lot of effort into that podcast episode? I don't know. It's a question mark. It's a question mark that should not exist, right? So if you want to use your content to build a relationship with your audience, you have to think about how you can use your content to serve them and not just get them to take the action you want to take. There is a way to balance those two in a really lovely way. So here, I should have teased this at the beginning, but here is where we get to cover uh, a couple bad podcast pitches and how I would turn them around. So I'm going to pop open my email because I keep 
three lovely folders on my email, spray and pray pitches, didn't follow instructions, and publicity leeches. Now, the didn't follow instructions, they're usually pretty mediocre pitches, but they also didn't submit it via the form on my website, so I just kind of don't pay attention to them. Spray and pray pitches, they're just sending out to everybody. Publicity leeches are people who are clearly doing this to get, like, you know, backlinks and just trying to get their name out there. I am going to share one from the publicity leeches right now. So I'm not going to name names. I'm trying to be nicer. Hey, Brittany, I hope this email finds you well. I am reaching out to introduce Blank, CEO of Blank, a leading provider of network optimization solutions. Here's a Brittany aside. This is not in the email. I actually know like what this company is because they happen to exist about 20 minutes from where I live. And my husband actually does business with this company. So I've heard the name plenty of times. I'm not a good fit. We're just going to continue on from there now. All right. So-and-so is an excellent fit for your audience. In the late 90s, a disgruntled, disgruntled employee entered the restaurant that he owned and opened fire on his staff members. This tragedy taught Greg that building a work environment where people are safe is of the utmost importance. And while restaurants used to be his safe space, the trauma of this tragedy led him to make the transition out of the hospitality industry and into the tech sector. Since shifting into tech into the blah, 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 blah. Okay. So in an interview, he can educate and inspire your listeners about the following and more. And ding, 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 friends. They list five topics. Five topics I get to choose from. All right. So. You already heard from my aside. It's an unrelated industry. It's talking about having a safe work environment for my employees, which I'm solo. I don't have. Uh, I do have some, you know, team members who work from afar, but uh, pretty sure I don't need to create a, you know, gun safe work environment. Like this is just weird. It doesn't make sense for a content marketing or a show about building the no like, like and trust factor. It does not compute. All right. So that is a bad podcast pitch. How do we fix it? Well, this particular topic would never fit on the show, so it was always going to get rejected. But since I happen to know a little bit about the CEO and a little bit about his company, what they could do is say something along the lines of, hey, um, you know, so-and-so, a leading provider of network optimization solutions, has in the past gone through plenty of workplace drama, and this is how so-and-so prevents that from ever happening again. This can be scaled to a soloish service provider business because service providers still work with clients and they need to create safe experiences for their clients to feel well cared for and taken care of. And I just repeated myself with well cared and taken care of, but you know, I think we get the picture here. There was a way to turn this one around. It still might not have gotten chosen. Actually, most likely it would not have gotten chosen, but it would not be showcased as a horrible podcast pitch on my show if that was the case. So let's do one more. I think we have time for that before I run over here. Let's go to my spray and pray pitches folder. This one's a favorite and um, I'm so disappointed. I'm going to, I'm going to give a little caveat here. In my head, this person who emailed, her name was Margot, And in my head, I've been saying do better Margot, as a kind of, you know, aside to almost everything where I feel like people aren't putting an effort in. This one really cracked me up. The woman's name is actually Mary. It's not Margot. And I don't feel like do better Mary is actually better than do Mary, do better Margot. So I think I'm still going to keep uh, do better Margot as my catchphrase. All right, here we go with the email. Hello, I hope this message finds you well. By the way, doesn't address my name at all. So hello, I hope this message finds you well. My name is Mary Carson, and I am the PR manager at Boardwalk Recovery Center. 
I recently discovered your podcast and was very impressed with the quality and depth of content that you provide on addiction treatment and mental health topics. I don't talk about either of those in case this is your first time listening to an episode here. I wanted to introduce you to our CEO, a seasoned expert in the addiction treatment field with several decades of experience. Uh, blah, blah, blah. We'd like to explore the opportunity to have him featured on your podcast, discuss relevant and engaging addiction treatment topics, blah, blah, blah. This one, there was no turning around. Like this is where I say, hey, do your research. Don't pitch an addiction expert for a content marketing and service provider business podcast, right? The reason this one gets an honorary mention here is because I was feeling a little spicy the day that this came in last month and said, thank you so much. I love that you found help for addiction and mental health issues on my show. Can you tell me which episode struck you most? She does not reply to that and then follows up a few days later. Hello, still not addressing my name. I trust you are doing well. I just wanted to touch base and follow up. And as previously mentioned, he's got so much background and addiction treatment. And please let me know how I can give you more information. Thanks for your consideration. I look forward to your response. Since she looks forward to my response so much, I replied again because I was feeling extra spicy and said, did you not see my previous reply? I was looking forward to your answer. It's been a month. You know, Mary, aka Margot, still has not replied. So there's not a lot to learn from this one except do your research. <laughs> Don't waste people's time. I probably shouldn't have wasted my own time even if I was feeling spicy, but uh, you know, this was an extra special one. I just felt like I had to engage. This is what happens, by the way, friends, when you pitch people without paying attention to the last 6, 12, 18 episodes. It's your responsibility. This is my re reiteration here. It is your responsibility to do some research. What have they not covered that you can contribute in a meaningful way? That's what you pitch on. You don't send them five topics. You pitch on one and say, I'd love to help your audience with this topic. I think we can have a great talk about it. I love discussions and I love nuanced, deep thinking. And I know your audience will benefit from X, Y, and Z. Done. That is your podcast pitch right there. Dress it up, put it in your own words. Feel free to grab the transcription. It's on the show notes and, uh, you know, add in your special zing, add your special sauce. This is how we rise above and stop contributing to the noise out there. I know you don't have time to waste, so don't waste it. Let's do it. Let's put better pitches out there. And while we're learning to do that, do the same with our content. We need to, with our content, make sure that when we ask people to engage with it, we're asking them to engage in the manner in which they're ingesting. If they're on LinkedIn, that's on LinkedIn. If they're listening to a podcast, it's not running to write notes because they're probably on a walk, maybe in the shower, possibly cooking, right? Give them a way to engage and take whatever call to action you are offering in the way they are currently engaging with your content. Don't make them do more work than they need to do or they will tune out and they will associate you with random acts of content. All right, friends, see you next week. If you found value from this episode, there are two things you can do to thank me. The first is share it with a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, you learned something from it, odds are you know somebody who needs to hear this message. I do truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And if you help that friend with something that they need to do, we're going to have less crappy marketers out there, which means less scams. And we get to help more people in those ways that we uniquely are meant to help them. The second thing you can do is leave a rating on whichever podcast app you are listening to the show on right now. 
doing that helps me reach more people, getting, again, this same great information out there, and we all make a better, happier, effective, and ethical world as a result. Thanks so much. See you next week.